Hello again, everyone. This is part three of episode 60 of the Red and White Authority, our discussion with Tyler Wright, the director of amateur scouting for the Detroit Red Wings. We uh, asked Tyler if he feels a little bit vindicated with uh, the way Michael Rasmussen's uh, season turned out last year. Of course, he was the Red Wings' number one pick, uh, ninth overall in the 2017 draft. We also look at some of the players that may be available with the sixth pick overall in the first round of the 2018 draft coming up in Dallas. That, of course, is where the Red Wings will pick. We'll also again get an idea of how the Red Wings go through the philosophy and the process of evaluating talent and then Tyler talks about uh, what he's up to uh, leading up to the draft which includes going to the Memorial Cup, also the NHL Combine which is the last week in May and runs through early June where they will uh, look at uh, about 75 players uh, as you'll hear Tyler uh, explain uh, and then we'll uh, again hear how enthusiastic Tyler is about this upcoming draft. Here it is, part three. Please enjoy. You've always been uh, up front. And I'm not asking you this because I, I, I'm trying to, you know, throw, what, verbal bouquets or something your way, but do you feel a bit validated with all the heat the organization took on Rasmussen that he really does look like he's going to be... Uh, an NHL player, and I, I know it might be unfair, and I'm not asking you to pat yourself on the back, but let's be honest, you know as well as I did. I mean, when Rasmussen was picked, people were like, eh, I don't know about that. You know, try not to really think about it, because there's going to be scenarios go the other way. Not get, get you know, caught up too much about it. He's still got a long way to go. Um, we believe in the process that, that we did with him, we believed in in all the you know the background and all the the digging that we that we did with the you know with him and and he he just fit a little bit more of what what we were thinking and and the way that we want this team to look at and, and look like is he going to be a centerman at the national hockey level? I'm not sure yet. Is he a guy that's going to maybe have to play the wing like Larkin did to start and then move into center? Um, I think there's a lot more uncertainty left to know on that. But at the end of the day, he fits a lot of bills that, that we're missing. He's big. He's a net front presence on the power play. He's as good as I've seen on the power play in that net front. And you could even argue, you know, as, you know into the Holmstrom days. Uh, he's got unbelievable character. He's a, he's a 19-year-old kid that anybody would be willing to, you know, if you have a you know, I have a daughter that's dating to come into your house. He's just a respectful kid. He's a captain. He's got great leadership. He just fit all the bills. Um, you know, we got to get him stronger. Got to get him a little bit quicker. Um, but all those things, they were too good to pass up. And, and we believe that as, as a staff. And, and, and that's why we made the pick. And now we're excited about it. Does it vindicate us? I don't think so. Because I think we're going to... We're going to be right together. We're going to be wrong together. We're going to have outside. No one's ever going to love all your picks. No one's ever going to, you know, hate all your picks. You know, some people say, oh, great pick here, and they don't turn out. goes on. It, it's people's opinions. They're entitled to them. But at the end of the day, we get paid, and we're passionate about building this thing up. He fit the bill to a T, and that's why we chose him. 
Well, let's look at the, the, this upcoming draft. As we said, the Red Wings draft sixth overall. I mean, I, I, let's be honest. I mean, we, I guess we could talk about Rasmus Dahlin, and we have mentioned him during the, uh, during the Red and White Authority here, but uh, he's going to go to Buffalo. Uh, if Buffalo weren't to draft him, I think that you know that, that the NHL would order a uh, you know let, they have to get their head examined collectively as an organization. He's off the board. Then you look at Andrei Shvechnikov, who is Evgeny, who's in the Red Wing system. His brother Brady Kachuk and Philip Zadina, by most accounts, seem to be the top four guys, and that they would be gone. Yet, Tyler, you've been around. Do you see possibly in Again, not giving trade secrets, could somebody fall? Because regardless of any draft that I've ever watched, there always seems to be at least one, if not two players, that don't go where they're slotted or where they're projected. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just goes back to, you know, what I said a little bit earlier um, as far as with Rasmussen. Um, you know, People and organizations have different philosophies, and it really depends who's picking uh, and what their philosophy is and what really what their area of need is. Now, everyone sits there and says, well, we want the best player, we want the best player, we want the best player. Yeah, you I mean, you do want the best player, but at the same time, once you get going into this draft and you get deeper into the first and later, later into the first, I mean, they're all just kind of, in this year's draft, they're all good players. You know, who's going to be that one guy? You know, I think you you look at last year's draft with a kid like Eli Olvenen, who was playing in the USHL. Uh, Nashville takes him at 30, goes to the KHL. I mean, he stepped up early. He's right. he stepped up, and he's, he's probably put himself up ahead of a lot of these other players. Does that mean those other players are going to be good or not good? No, I think. You know, there's still time to be told for a lot of these players. So, can somebody slide? Absolutely. There's, you know, honestly, we could take a guy at, at 6 or 7 that somebody has at, at 15. We could take a guy at, at, at 6 that somebody might really have 4 or 5 on their board. So, um, it's just, it's a deep draft. Could somebody slide? Absolutely. But... We're, we're prepared for that. We, we really, really strongly believe that at six, we are going to get a very good NHL player at some point in time for us. Well, I, I want to. I mean, we could go on. I mean, if, if someone slips, I would like it to be Zadina, my own personal draft thing that I do, because I just think that he is, you know, just a, uh, 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 you know, he darts up and down the ice. He's, you know, he's not go. He doesn't go straight up and down. And the Red Wings have a lot of very, very good forwards that are that play that way. Uh, but uh, Zadina seems to be a highly skilled guy, pure goal scorer. I think Shvechnikov is 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 actually going to go second. But with that said, and this isn't about what I. I really think it's obviously what you think. I I would imagine that if the Red Wings and I know you can't say, but so I'm going to ask you about defense. That they want to get some puck moving defensemen. They want to shore up the blue line. They want to get a little bit bigger. Most of the prospects that the Red Wings have, they're they're not uh, uh, they're not the, the the largest guys as far as height goes. And so maybe they want to Red Wings want to shore that up. But a name that keeps cropping up. I know you've heard it before. Is Evan Bouchard of the London Knights? Uh, he seems to be. Uh, uh, a power play specialist can really quarterback it. Uh, it you know, do you do you look at uh, uh, 
you know, you've got Bouchard, you've got Noah Dobson, you've got Adam Boquist, Quinn Hughes, who's at the University of Michigan. Boquist and uh, Hughes are a little bit smaller. So uh, do you think, I guess I'm asking you, is, is defense a priority uh, in this draft with that sixth pick? Um, I think defense is always a priority, um, definitely, for us, where we're going for. Uh, does that mean it's the staple of this draft? No, absolutely not. Now, when you talk about all those players, you mean Quinn, Quinn Hughes is playing at the World Championships for Jeff Blasio right now, and he's played very, very well. Um, Noah Dobson's playing for Arcata Bathurst. They just won the Quebec Major Junior League. They'll be in the Memorial Cup. Um Bouchard, obviously, been in London. Like you said, he's, he put up tremendous numbers. Um, Adam Volkvist, another kid that played for the Swedish national team, um, you know, a preseason game, um, played over in the Osvenskan League and some junior games, played some elite league games over there. Some undersized guys, but they're dynamic. Um, they're all in the mix of those guys. They're all got good, good qualities. They're all going to be fairly good players. Um, so absolutely, there, there's a great mix of five or six defensemen that you already talked about that, that it could be there on the board, and there will be some of those names on the board. Some of them might not be on the board. Does that mean guys slide, like you said, maybe a, a, you know, a Zadina, Svechnikov, Kachuk? Um, at the end of the day, Art, we, mm-hmm. we, don't just, we, we don't just evaluate on this year. These, a lot of these guys have been on the radar for... Three years. We go to the under-18 World Championship in Grand Forks three years ago. Andre Stavechnikov playing in it as a 15-year-old. So we've we've started this process and we've started our book on him three years ago. Um, Quinn Hughes was on the program, uh, the development program. Obviously, last year he's a late birthday. He's in Michigan. He's right there. We've we've started the book on on him. Dobson uh, may be a kid that. You know, just kind of continually got better and worked his way into it. Zadina's been kind of on the radar. He's been on the programs. He's played in the World Juniors. Um, Brady Kachuk, for that matter, is the same thing. Played on the program late birthday, played in the World Juniors. So it's not just like that we're evaluating on a one-year um, process. We're, we're really evaluating them from the time when we really start their book and we see them as underages. What's the progression that they have taken? How have they progressed? Have they continually gotten better? Have they stalled? And if they have stalled, that's not a bad thing. Um, kids, kids stall. You I mean you you look at a guy? Um, I'll just talk about Brandon Sod a little bit. You know, he was up there in Saginaw. Right. You know, was probably by the industry's you know uh, consensus was he was. You know, probably a top 15 pick to start the year. For some reason, didn't have a very good year. Split to the middle of the second round. Made the Chicago Blackhawks out of training camp the next year. So you want to be cautious about really how you're evaluating. You want to keep an open mind. You want to you want to kind of see the whole picture of things. And you know what? At the end of the day, I got a 19-year-old daughter and I got a 17-year-old son. I'm dealing with kids at that age right now. I was an 18-year-old kid drafted in the first round. I thought I was ready to do everything and stuff like that. I mean, so kids are different. And kids, at the end of the day, they're still just kids. You know, like we want to be hard on them. We want to 
beat them down and say this and that. At the end of the day, they're just still young people trying to find their way. And, and, and I think that should be really one of the biggest messages that I try to send out to our staff is that, you know, let's not be so hard on kids. They're obviously, they're, when they're smoked, there's usually fire. But at the end of the day, let's still remember that they're just young men that are trying to find their ways. You know, they come back from different background families. Maybe, maybe a parent, maybe a kid, maybe their parents got divorced. You know what I mean? It happens. Right, you know what right. I mean? There's, there's certain things that weigh in. Out. Maybe there's, you know, a death in the family. Maybe there's, so we try to dig as much as we can respectfully, um, try to get to know the kids as, you know, young men as, as individuals, try to get to know them off the ice. Um, you know, it's every responsibility of our scout in your area. If there's a kid that you want to draft, you must, you must know them. You must know the ins and the outs of, of that kid. And if we have questions, um, I mean, it's become a science. It's become, it's become, you know, it's the lifeline of our franchise. And, and we know that with the salary cap era, you've got to draft and you've got to develop. And when you're able to win and you're, you know, I, I was in Anaheim in 2006 and, and guys, two guys' names that were coming into, into the Anaheim organization was Getzlaff and Perry. They win in 2007 with them both being on entry-level contracts. That's massive, you know? Right, like, right. So when you can get good, good players and, and play prominent roles on entry-level contracts, that just frees up more money for you to go and spend on area of need. Uh, you know, they're probably $5 million players playing on a $900,000 salary cap. So there's a lot of things that come into play, and... and at the end of the day, we're, we just we want good, good young men with good work ethic, good character, with 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 a good skill set, and with the amount of picks, we're excited. We think we're going to get some really good players. Yeah, I I, I want to end this looking at maybe some of the forwards. I know we talked about Shvetchnikov and Kachuk and Zadina, and I would imagine if one of them were to drop at number six, you would have to seriously consider drafting them. But with that said, looking at some maybe of the other forwards, Oliver Wallstrom, who plays for the U.S. development team, uh, pure goal scorer, he, he's, a, he's a right wing. And then there's a couple of centers, because I know the Red Wings would like to shore that position up a little bit too. And uh, I, I believe they're both from Finland, and I, I'm going to butcher their names as usual, but uh, Jesperi uh, Kakanamini and Rasmus Kupari. I, I, I mean, are these guys, when you said that we might surprise somebody, uh, could these guys be in that mix if you decide to go into the forward, uh, uh, with the forward position at number six? Well, I think, first of all, uh, I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want the perception that we're going off the board here. And, and right, no, I, I understand that. I am a bit of an unfair question uh, on my part. Yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're definitely not going off the board. Um, at the end of the day, they're just all really good players. I, I think that, you know, from, from really from four and five to, to, you know, to 15, I think it's all interchangeable really throughout the league. If you really now, obviously they're heavily weighted in different ways, but, um, you know, to talk a little bit about the forwards, obviously, uh, you know, Wallstrom, like you said, um, just a pure goal scorer. All he does is put the puck in the net. Um, uh, you know, he's got a great shot, great release. Um, 
you know, you talked about the two Finns, both uh, have had very good years uh, uh, with Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Um, he's just continued, played in the Finnish Elite League, and, and Kupari, uh, same thing, lightning fast, played in the Finnish Elite League as well. Both played at the Under-18 World Championships. Um, you know, as far as those names, yeah, you mean, they're all just really, really good players, and and uh, you know, we don't have the magic ball to sit here and say who goes two, three, four, five. Um, really, not try pay a lot of attention um, when you hear banter and, and stuff that's going on about those oh, such and such, like such and such. At the end of the day, we make our list the way that we make our list as far as ranking the players that we want one through whatever when we get to. Um, and our decision, our our decision is going to really be determined on you know what the other five teams do in front of us. Um, is there opportunity to move up? Is there opportunity to move back? Absolutely. So uh, that's the exciting thing about the draft for us this year is is we're in a good position to get a really good player. We will get a good, really good player at six. Um, who is it? It's just yet to be determined, but. Our list will be uh, will be pretty tight, and once we once we get there, we we believe that we're going to get a very big piece of our puzzle. I would imagine that on draft day uh, on the twenty third and twenty fourth at the Red Wing table, you guys will be on the phone a lot because uh, I, I am sure. Uh, and one thing I love about covering the National Hockey League is that you know everybody likes to talk for one thing, but everybody is more than willing to talk uh, deals. And so, do you expect this to be because of the eleven draft picks that you have so far that this is going to be? Uh, I know the table was uh, uh, crazy last year in Chicago. I would imagine that because of this draft and how deep it is, is that uh, you're going to be. Uh, uh, and all the picks that you have so far, uh, four in the top 36, that it's going to be kind of nuts for you once uh, once you hit Dallas. Yeah. Um, for me, I buy, a light, I buy a lot of stock in Visine before I get there because, <laughs> you, you mean, it's just it's endless, really. And, and you try to be prepared as much as you can because you don't know – you don't know what's going to happen, and things get thrown at you. And and I mean, you look at Philadelphia's got two picks, but I think they're picking thirteen and fifteen. Uh, the Rangers got three picks in the first. Um, Montreal's got four picks in the second. So I mean, we got two in the first, two in the second, three in the third. So I think that there's there's a lot of teams, not a lot of teams. There's a select few of teams that I think that are going to kind of control. Um, the level of activity that there is, um, us are going to be one of them. For that matter, I think there's going to be teams that are always trying to look and move up that don't have the have the uh, have the bullets right now. So obviously, it's Philly, it's us, it's the Rangers, it's you know, it's Montreal, it's the teams with those picks uh, that you know generate the most interest. So we try to be prepared for that trade back scenarios, trade up scenarios. Obviously, who's on the board still. Um, Everybody sits there and says, well, this guy's not going to be there in the second. Well, sometimes they are. Maybe this guy's going to be there late in the first while he is. Maybe uh, do you spend an asset and go up? Uh, do you take it, you know, an asset or two and go back uh, and try to still get the guy? So 
the that's that's the real real exciting thing, and we and we we prepare ourselves for that as far as all those scenarios. There's a lot of dialogue with you know obviously with Ken uh, having with the other general managers that are starting to you know put things in people's ears as far as what they're looking to do. Um, players' names from other other teams, established NHL players' names start getting thrown around as far as. You know, we're looking to move such and such. Would you be interested? So it is. It's an exciting time, you know, for us, and it's an exciting time for the Red Wing organization. I think Ken Ken has done a uh, you know a, a tremendous job. Obviously, you know, with the Brendan Smith trade last year, we took Ottawa's pick, which is you know looking it's it's 33 now in in the early second. Um, you know, with the Morazic deal moved to a third. Um, you know, obviously with the Tatar deal getting a first, a second, and a third, um, he's given us opportunity to to really go after some some players and in which facet or form that we do that as far as all those scenarios I talked about is yet mm-hmm. to be determined. But we're going to be active. We're, we're either going to be active uh, in making the picks. We're going to be active trying to move up. We're going to be active trying to trade back, maybe accumulate more picks maybe accumulate more picks for next year. We're going to be very active whether um, anything comes to fruition, I'm not sure, but uh, we're definitely going to be be looking to do a lot of things, that's for sure. Well, Tyler, I I mean, I could talk to you forever, and uh, I know that we're we're going to wrap it up. I'm not sure where 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 are you next, or do you get a couple of days here where uh, I know you'll be studying things uh, that you might have a, a day to you know catch up and uh, with your family and just kind of hang out a little bit. Well, I got home last night. My wife said I got to stand the deck and do some gardening later today, so I'm not sure if I, I might want to get back on the road here uh, <laughs> fairly soon. Um, no. But to be honest with you, go to the Memorial Cup on the weekend. It's in Regina, Saskatchewan here. We've got Swift Current of the Western Hockey League, Regina, hosting it, uh, Hamilton of the Ontario League, and, and Acadia Bathurst uh, from the Quebec League. So go in there for four or five days after that. Uh, head into Buffalo. we got the Combine starting on, on May 28th. We're there for a week. Uh, we'll probably do about 75 to 80 interviews. They bring in their sole top 100 um, so we're, we're fairly busy from that, uh, you know, I think we, we start about 8.30 in the morning, go to about 5.30 at night. Wow. Uh, we'll take some kids out for dinner, um, you know, uh, as far as, you know, a group of Europeans, a group of North Americans, maybe two or three times, probably do that for about, you know, 15, 20 kids. Um, and just try to keep it in a little bit more of a light situation, try to, you know, just get to know them more in a, in a casual setting and, um, we'll have all all our staff in the majority of our staff, but you know, with Ken and Ryan and Chris uh, from the office, um, Brian Campbell comes in there, and myself, Jeff Finley, Andrew Dixon, Mark Mullen. So we got a busy time. From there, we come back. Uh, we're still continually, you know, talking to people, talking to coaches, talking to strength and conditioning coaches, talking to um, you know people that you deals that are valued within your network that it's reliable and, and truthful information and, and and put that through we we've got a blueprint of our list is it finalized absolutely not um and then we'll get into dallas about four or five days beforehand and things really start picking up uh we'll meet as a group for two or three days so we still got a lot of work 
a lot of work to do, um, but it's an exciting time. Um, it sounds like it's monotonous or meticulous a little bit. Uh, it might be, but we're we're really really excited as the staff to, to get this thing going. Uh, you know, in Dallas and and you know see how the drafts unfold. Tyler Wright, the Director of Amateur Scouting for the Red Wings. It's always a pleasure. T thanks for taking some time out of your day to uh, join us here on the Red and White Authority. I'm really looking forward to our next podcast, which I know will be uh, right after whether it's 11 picks or how many um, uh, in, in Dallas on the Saturday of the draft. And uh, uh, Best of luck in everything. I do appreciate your time, and uh, thanks for doing this, Tyler. Yeah, no problem. You know, I, there's one thing I could say to you know the the Red Wing, you know loyal is that we're we're excited. This 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 draft could be, you know, a, a big part of our future going forward, and and that's the that's the you know the the standard that we have set as an organization and as our staff that anything out of knocking this out of the ballpark is unacceptable. So we're we're excited and and uh, we're ready to go. All right, sounds good. Looking forward to it as well, Tyler. Once again, thanks very much for doing this. Okay, thanks, Art.